What a place. Oh, it's worse than home. I, I don't like it here. Not one bit. <laughs> All I ever wanted was a little patch of green. There, there is my patch. I'm safe in here, and I'm never going out of this cave ever again. <sighs> so. Yeah, we're here today to talk about a troll in Central, Central Park. Park. I don't know why I was... Do- no, it's it's. Fine. You want to do it like the title? <laughs> no. <laughs> we can do... What would you be like? One of us says a troll and then the other says in Central and then we both say... No. Okay. Well, then... <laughs> I don't that, want to anymore. <laughs> throw that bit out the window. Look, I'm excited. Are you? <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> Are you really excited for this one? Well, before we start talking about troll in central park we actually have some things that we're going to talk about instead i mean before sure <laughs> well because we haven't read sure we, we are <laughs> we have a few new itunes we're not padding this episode <laughs> but we have a few like a new certain <laughs> troll-based movie <laughs> we have a few uh new itunes reviews and i want to read them because it's really nice that people left us some really nice reviews Yay. so um we have three new reviews i was thinking i could read the first two because they're shorter and you could read the last one which is longer <laughs> also because the last sure. one I, i've already read them and i want to hear you read the last one. Oh, cool i get to read one cold <laughs> uh okay so so the first one is from how is my driving and it says it's nice to learn <laughs> about non-mouse animated films hmm but we do talk about a lot of mice. But anyway, <laughs> even some of the a couple non-blue films are still yeah, about mice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I can't say I would consider myself an animation fanatic, but I've always enjoyed animated films and shorts. It is nice to learn more about Don Bluth and what he made and still might be making. The hosts and guests' chemistry is great. I would encourage you to continue to do more non-Bluth episodes, as those are great too. The one uh-huh. thing that disappointed me was that there was no mention of Gertie the dinosaur when talking about Land Before Time. That's true. Oh my God, we oh yeah. Completely we did, scuffed we over Windsor McKay, mm-hmm. the yeah. legendary animator. Yeah. Uh, we know who Gertie. We know well, who was, Gertie is. I mean, I mean, that was one I put, of. I actually put a reference to Gertie in a song I wrote once. But, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but one of the earliest animated short films, or how, how like when would it would have been like nineteen sort of. something? Wait, look, we went to film school a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, we we both. I mean, I remember seeing this in class. We're, we're talking about like the beginning. Yeah, of, it was very early cinema. Um, Not even film. It's cinema. That's but, how early it was. Uh, Windsor McKay, who also did uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland, he created mm. the original comic strip and did some of the early, early animations for it. Um, he did the 1914 short, Gertie the Dinosaur. Oh, 1914. Which I knew off the top of my head and wasn't, <laughs> wasn't glancing anywhere yeah. to figure out. You don't have your phone out. Um, that whole short, though, is padded a little bit with like live Cycles. action oh. book ending because... To produce enough animation for a full-length short at the time was just absurd. But he was crazy. He, because there weren't, they didn't use cells yet. 
So every drawing oh. in Grady the Dinosaur oh, yeah. is a different piece of paper. Oh my God. The background was redrawn for literally every frame. That of- makes me, that makes my hand hurt. Yep. Um, he also did How a Mosquito Operates. Oh, oh I guess Gertie came after. I, I'd forgotten about this. Little Nemo came in 1911, and then How a Mosquito Operates was 1912, and then Gertie was 1914. Hmm. Um, and there's other, there's other ones. There's oh, what's the one? There's one about a house. Frick, what's it called? It it actually like Bill Plimpton did like a colorization effort for it. <gasps> what? like not terribly long ago do you know what i'm talking about not at all all. (laughs) it might have been what if i did and i'm just letting you flounder (laughs) i guess was it called dream of the rarebit fiend was that the original i've never heard of name of the comic strip oh wait maybe that's a separate one and then little nemo was like but in little nemo they mentioned rarebit and and stuff like that and also little nemo and slumberland became a feature-length animated film, mm-hmm. uh, way, way yeah. past the death of Windsor McKay, and um, it was a joint effort between at least Japan and America, I think, mm. where it was being produced between the two places. Anyway, you can actually watch that entire film online on YouTube. Huh. Like, it's not even a rip; it's the actual owners of that movie put it on YouTube for free. Well, it's just like that, uh, there was some other movie that. I watched on YouTube for free that we talked about and it was just it was like a legitimate like you can watch this on YouTube with a few ads. The, a few of the Bluth ones, I think Rockadoodle you can watch oh, it was Rockadoodle. and mm-hmm. Secret and M, I think is also oh, on uh-huh. on YouTube. And also a troll in Central Park, though I don't think legally yeah. I found a, I found a copy of it that was on YouTube in case you do not want to waste your precious dollars <laughs> purchasing this movie for which I, yeah. I i would not blame you yeah um but uh but yeah definitely check out Windsor. i'm sorry we went on this whole like tangent about Windsor yeah McKay, it's but- almost like yeah no we're not trying to delay talking about a troll in central park <laughs> but yes no that was a good point uh when we talked about dinosaurs we neglected gertie we neglected gertie mm-hmm. the first true animated dinosaur yeah should i read the next review yeah this is from I loved this podcast, but oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and the subject is love this podcast. Oh, the but is for why so few reviews. This podcast Aww. is legit. It is a couple of friends talking about movies with all the fun facts. I have a greater appreciation for a lot of movies I watched in my childhood. I look forward to every episode and please don't stop your work. Yay. Oh, well, thank you so that's much. So nice. Okay. Do you want to read here? Read the, oh my uh, God. the one at the very top there. This third review here is Deary Mary the Podcast. <laughs> Thumbelina reference for those of you who did not listen to our Thumbelina episode. By by Squiggy twenty one. Yay! Uh, I don't know. I I don't know who that is. I just said yay. Go on. I, well, I'd say yay to that name as well. Mm-hmm. If you've ever wished that you could sit with people that think as much about the filmography of animation filmmaker Don Bluth as you, and for a long time, then this podcast <laughs> is your new favorite. Dax and Sarah perform casual yet focused dissections of each of the notorious D-O-N's emotionally <laughs> charged movies. See, I wonder when it's an acronym, when it's D-O-N, <laughs> what that acronym actually stands yeah. for. Dawn. Dark. Uh, nightmares. Nightmares. There we go. <laughs> da dark nightmares. Uh, emotionally charged times. Emotionally, well, times, emotionally charged movies. Dax, read. 
An affable, almost borfish atmosphere <laughs> emanates from the earnest and direct observations from Sarah in tandem with Dax's thoughtful and experienced musings. Oh, that's extremely kind of you. Thank you. Uh, the sessions covering era-related non-Bluth movies are worth checking out, too. Giving anyone who was too young to get exposed to some animation deep cuts, like me, is in parentheses, some worthwhile recommendations and insights. Dax and Sarah are entertainingly expressing their confident biases and <laughs> uh, and uh, opinions while making admirable efforts to find the sweet harmony in Mr. Bluth's films. That's well, so thank nice. you. Yeah. And I hope you feel the same way about this episode. <laughs> um, I believe we have. No, that is incredibly kind. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who mm -hmm. has left those reviews. That's it's I. I'm not, I'm not someone who expects anybody to say anything. So. Yeah, but I like that that person got the dynamic between us. Like, I'm kind of just spewing my opinions, and you have these <laughs> thoughtful things. I, it's, that's not what they said, but that's what I feel when I... But also biases. Yes. Because I don't think we try... I mean, we do try to have, like, factual stuff in the podcast, but I think it's never been our agenda to not show our agendas <laughs> about how we think about some of these films. Yeah. So. But it is a balance to try and be fair, you know, as well as opinionated at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I don't try to be fair. Look, <laughs> but not but not everything. There, there's nothing that's all bad. And there's nothing that's all good. Yeah. Except pizza. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, w we also have. We also have an email. Yes, we finally checked our email. Sorry, yes, this is from a couple months ago, but I wanted to read it. Uh, it's from, I think, Michael who says loving the podcast recently stumbled onto the podcast while I was searching through Spotify for the Fievel goes West soundtrack and I'm loving it. Oh, wow. Oh, the links between Bluth and so many other things is fascinating. I knew he had a hand in a few things, but not this many. I also heard that you happen to be a Redwall fan. And I was wondering if you guys <laughs> were aware of the TV series that came out that covers three of the books. I was not. If, that's me saying that I was not. Um, if you're not go watch it. They're pretty good. Well, which brings me to the tie-in to the podcast. Michael Hirsch was producer on the Fievel's American Tales TV show and the Redwall TV series. Oh, okay. Just thought it was an interesting link. Kind of neat how far-reaching American Tale was in a roundabout way. Anyways, keep up the awesome podcast, guys, and you've gained a fan. Thank oh, you. That's so nice. And uh, that's thank you so much, Michael. Really interesting. I, I vaguely remember seeing the Redwall series. Mm, I would like to see that. Uh, it was it was pretty engaging. It It didn't seem like it tried to dumb anything down if i recall but then again i might have been younger and mm. less uh what's the word i'm looking for scrupulous oh, oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> discerning um but uh it, that's that's really cool i mm -hmm. i have to take it's really weird once you start nose diving into a lot of these more obscure shows and movies you start realizing how much has been made that you just barely yeah. remember or mm -hmm. don't even know existed in the first place. There's a lot of yeah. cartoons and movies that have just gone under the radar and aren't, aren't, aren't held in the same memory as most of like the Disney catalog, you know? Is that your segue into us talking about a troll in Central Park? What movie? <laughs> Sorry, there was a horn going on out there and it distracted me. Uh, did we watch a film two nights ago? I, I had, I think I messaged you the morning after and just was like, 
was does that was that a dream that we watched this movie? Well, and then I told you that I had weird dreams all night, and then you said that you also had weird. I dreams. also had weird dreams all night, but I don't but, remember them, and neither could I. <laughs> all that we could remember was that we both had weird dreams after watching Troll in Central Park. This film incepted us. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <sighs> okay, can I? Can I? Re- should we? Do you want to do your thing where you try and remember the plot of it, or do you want yes. me to read the? Okay, you do that, and then well, maybe afterwards, we should, maybe we should just read this, and then I'll springboard off of that. Okay, so let's read the let's synopsis read the back because on the back of this film in quotation marks. <laughs> um, okay. Um, oh, by the way, the very last, no, I was going to say, I was taking notes as we were watching it and I was getting kind of tired. And at the end I just wrote drugs here. Oh, cause I said we should, probably should have been more uh, high or intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I think that really would have helped actually. Okay. Okay. So we love this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, like, let me just get this out of the way. I do think it's a smidge better than Thumbelina and you don't. The, this is, that's a hot yes, take. I know it is. It is. But, but go ahead. And I'll tell why later. But, uh, so Stanley is a kind hearted, kind hearted, sorry. <laughs> Stan- <laughs> Off the box of the DVD. <laughs> Stanley with is this a horrible cover. <laughs> oh God. Of Stanley with his green thumb and all the anthropomorphic oh. flowers and the kids. It's- Which that could have. I'll show you the real cover. Okay. I'll show you the real cover in a bit. Stanley is a kind-hearted, popular troll. He's not popular. Okay, anyway. Wait, what? Yeah, he's not. He's popular. Who can create flowers with a mere touch. When Gnorga, the mean-spirited queen of the kingdom of trolls, discovers Stanley's secret, however, she banishes him to a faraway place where she assumes nothing green can grow, New York City. Taking refuge in Central Park, Stanley befriends two young children, Gus and his baby sister, Rosie. With catchy songs and an all-star voice cast, a troll in Central Park will make smiles bloom for your entire family. Nice. Bonus features, featurette and theatrical trailer. Fun story. <laughs> this DVD on the back says, bonus features, as Sarah just said, bonus features, featurette and theatrical trailer. Both of these are slightly incorrect. One of them's outright incorrect. There is no feature <laughs> at all. And it's not a hidden Easter egg because I ripped this DVD, mm-hmm. which finds all of the video files that are yeah. on it. And it was nowhere to be found. And there's no feature on YouTube. Like just in case it was like an old release. I there's nothing. Looked for it. Could not find which a feature. It makes me wonder if there is one somewhere and they've sh- it's on the shelves of whoever fox or whoever released this but and there are also there is a theatrical trailer but there's theatrical trailers for like a bunch of different movies Mm -hmm. among which are was there no troll theatrical trailer i don't even remember (laughs) but there was one for fern gully yeah there was and there was one for uh sandlot yeah and there was one there was another one i don't remember there were a few other ones but there was an important one Oh, the one that was... The man from Snowy River. Yeah. Did you remember this? It's not important. But the reason I'm saying it's important is because I wanted to bring it up. Because it it was like this Western that I've never heard of. Yeah. That I don't think anyone has ever heard of. I don't know what connection it could possibly have to a troll in Central Park. But we were watching it and it was... If you have the DVD for Troll in Central Park... I highly recommend you listen to this trailer. You just watch this trailer because it has it has everything. It has everything that you're looking for in this romantic Western love story. And even like at the beginning, you laugh because like the narrator's like, he had one dream, 
to be a man. <laughs> so, and then, and then the, the, the female lead just had this line that made me lose it, which is like, why do you have this portrait of my mother? <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play some of that trailer here. He had only one wish: to prove himself a man. Make your plan with someone else's daughter. I didn't carve this place out of the bush to see Jessica run off for the first fortune hunter to come along. She had only one dream: to find out who she was. Why do you keep this portrait of my mother? I have a right to know. A lot of pain and suffering when you try to dig up the past. Jessica! 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 Help me! Together they fought and struggled and loved in a land as untamed, as beautiful as they themselves. Got a long way to go yet, lad. He's not a lad, brother. He's a man. A man from Snowy River. A story of triumph. Will you look at that? A story of love. <laughs> a story of a boy who becomes a man. The man from Snowy River. So I I I don't know. So we were thoroughly entertained before the movie started. It was an experience just to watch that. But I don't think there was a troll trailer. The man from Snowy River. <laughs> we were saying it was kind of like I can't remember what movie it was where they had an Oh Heavenly Dog trailer. And oh, we were thinking that it was, was on um, Once Upon a Forest on that DVD. We that, were thinking they made a mistake and met, were trying to put uh, an All Dogs, all dogs. trailer. Uh, they and thought it was All Dogs Go to Heaven. They saw the file and they're like, yeah, this looks right. Oh Heavenly Dog, sure. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking Man from Snowy River. Was. I was thinking Snow Dogs, but that came out a lot later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, that, there's no bonus features on this DVD. Although... Weirdly, it does have both the full screen and widescreen versions yes. of the film. We watched the widescreen. We watched widescreen because I think that's theatrically what was yeah. intended. However, the full screen, as far as I understand, is either it's I, I, I think it's open matte mm. on this version, because when I look, I compared the two and there was more vertical information on the image than there was stuff cut off on the sides it wasn't mm. cut off on the side so and i actually looked on imdb and i think it mentioned that there's even like animation errors you can see in the full screen version oh. like it wasn't intended to be that open mat oh, that's funny. so to me i think widescreen is probably correct um because it there's a difference between when something's planned for 4.3 and when it's kind of an open mat version of the film yeah. like and don booth movies tend to not have information that's taken away like when they do plan for eventual four or three releases it, it doesn't have information that's taken away when it's put into theaters mm -hmm. unlike some other films so that falls into aspect ratio woes yeah. anyway if so you're if you're concerned about watching a troll in central park the <laughs> correct way so you don't miss any of the filmmakers intent um <laughs> so but i would like to prove a point here a point that this is a very stretched out story. It, yeah, to even say it has a story is a stretch. <laughs> it, it, it could have been told in 30 minutes easily. But to prove a point, 
I'm going to just run through everything that happens as yeah. fast as I can. Okay. So here we go. Okay. No tangents. Mm-hmm. This is just me. Okay. Stanley likes flowers. <laughs> Stanley has a green thumb that grows plants, both inanimate and sentient. Gnorga, the queen of mean, hates flowers in the troll kingdom and can turn things to stone with her black thumb. <laughs> that is stone the thumb. antithesis of Stanley's green thumb. Stanley's found out for growing flowers and rather than turning him to stone... Gnorga, at the request of her husband, Lort, (laughs) decides to banish him to Central Park because they think that's going to be a worse sentence, having him live in misery. So they banish him to Central Park in a weird ball thing. (laughs) Stanley lands in Central Park, decides it doesn't look that bad, but then runs around and goes through a bunch of New York shenanigans that make him believe that New York's a bad place. Mm -hmm. So he hides under a bridge get it troll Uh troll he hides under a bridge he finds a little hole and goes into a kind of cave and then he makes a little patch of green to lay in misery on and then come two new characters which are gus and rosie who are kids one of which is a toddler the other is a very young boy gus spoiled brat gus is a spoiled brat who has a workaholic dad and a mystery accent mom (laughs) It's true. Who take who he wants to take him to Central Park, but of course th- they're too busy. And then their their cleaning lady, the poor cleaning lady. What's her name? I don't know. Like was it Maria? Or it might something? have been Maria. It was like a very it, what you'd expect the name they'd give a cleaning lady at that time to be. Some real classist stuff going on. Um, and they try to lock themselves in their room, and. He throws like a boot at the door when she tries to listen in to see oh. if they're still there. Anyway, they escape. They get to Central Park. He really just wants to play with his toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boy. Uh, in the, <laughs> you never hear that 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 kind of tongue twister. No, say toy boat like toy boat. Say it like ten times fast. Toy boat. I don't want to. No, okay, <laughs> listeners, go ahead. <laughs> Cut that. So he wants to play with his toy boat. <laughs> And the, the Rosie wanders off. I don't know why. Uh, she's chasing a frog or something. And then yeah. ends up... She has a little doll that looks like the troll. She ends up near where the hole is that Stanley is hiding. Stanley comes out. She grabs Stanley by mistake, thinking it's her troll doll. She ends up under there with him. He starts talking about flowers. G- Gus <laughs> is now trying to find his sister. Stanley starts singing about flowers to Rosie. Animals of of the park gather and follow under the bridge to where Stanley is. Gus eventually gets through by moving rocks. They talk. Stanley realizes that he's a troll. Or Gus does. Um, and then Gnorga is spying on them. She realizes she's kind of made somewhat of a mistake as Stanley is not terribly... Uh, upset about his situation she then notices that Gus is a brat decides to make Gus cry a la Alice in Wonderland tears to to drown everyone and then Gus stops when he realizes he's almost drowning his sister and then the power of love apparently made him break free from Gnorga's curse 
Stanley used his magical green powers to grow the boat. (laughs) Well, boats are made of wood. I guess so. (laughs) He grows the boat. The boat becomes like a dream sailing machine. (laughs) They sail through a a land. boat, if you will. They sail off through a land of dreams, halfway through which you suddenly went, wait, what's going on? (laughs) Because I didn't realize it was a dream boat. And I was very confused. (laughs) So they're singing, going through a land of dreams. uh, And Stanley keeps spouting things about how you need to believe in yourself and dreams can do anything. And then they get back or like, and then at some point Gus ends up wanting to like make, he ends up turning the dream world into like a war zone of battleships. Oh yeah. Cause he's a psychopath. Cause he is. They get back. They're all tired from dreaming (laughs) and they go to sleep. (laughs) Gnorga decides that she's had enough. Um, and, and finally takes, her and her husband to Central Park to put an end to Stanley. And then, and then somehow they kidnap Rosie and then Gus tries to save Rosie, but he needs Stanley's help. He tries to get Stanley to help him. Stanley won't help him. They go, but then like, but then he does later, but then he does. And then in the process of all this, Gus gets turned into a troll because he's a brat uh-huh. and makes him apt troll material. Um, they try to rescue Rosie. Eventually, Stanley and Gnorga have a thumb war. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, which you noted they did not declare. Yeah. Uh, and then they escape on the boat, which can now fly because of Stanley. Uh-huh. And then Gnorga force wills Gus in his troll form to stonanize Stanley, <laughs> who then falls from great heights into a trash can. But does not break. Then Gus and Rosie end up back home in bed. Gus turns back to normal when, I guess, Gnorga goes back to her kingdom, who's oh, also been... She, yeah, she, she got turned into... Like, she got planted. Uh-huh. She got potted. I don't know. <laughs> she gets potted later, but she got planted by Stanley. Uh, they're both normal back at home. The parents open the door in time to see them sleeping like the, the innocent babes they are. And then Gus more kindly than at the beginning asks if they can do what he wants to do. Did and, he learn nothing? Sometimes and, you can't get everything you want, Gus. Anyway. And he takes a stone troll Stanley, which he found, I guess in the trash they take and put him on a rock, which the parents don't question at all. And then <laughs> Stanley who or Gus, who now has sort of a greenish tint to his thumb, ends up pressing it to the face of Stanley. And then when their back is turned, Stanley comes <laughs> Stanley comes back to life <laughs> and sings one last song while regrowing the hurricane-ridden Central Park that was destroyed by Gnorga. And um and also ends up covering the entirety of Central Park. And New York. And New York in a green nightmare. Yeah. It reminded me of I Am Legend. (laughs) (laughs) Only bad. (laughs) And that's the movie. That is the movie. There are songs that happen, but that is... I'm actually surprised. Well, you wrote that after we watched it, right? That's what you were writing because... It is like slightly more in depth than you'd think it'd be when you read it out all at once. I guess things do happen. Wait, before we talk more about this, you, you had seen this before? 
Yes. I've seen this as a kid. I saw this as an adult and I fell asleep during it. So I had never actually fully seen it. But watching it now, I understand why I fell asleep during it. Because there's not a lot going on. It's very, very aimed at young, mm. younger audiences. Uh, it, I remember the stuff that f- creeped me out, which was like Stanley or um, was like Gus being turned into a troll and Stanley getting turned to stone. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff was very creepy. And Gnorga's powers are creepy. Like the, that moment at the beginning when she turns the bat to stone and it's oh, like yeah. half turned to stone while it's f- trying to fly through the air. It's very creepy. It's There's some extremely dark stuff in this movie for for a younger kid's film. And I think I can see what it was trying to be. Well, and just like with Thumbelina, where there was a point in the beginning where I was like, oh, this might actually be okay. There was a point, some amount of the beginning where I was like, oh, this might actually be okay. Because I thought the animation was really good. Right. Like the animation is better in this than in Thumbelina, I think. Mm, Inconsistent. I think that the animation is at times better and at times worse. And I would say the same of Thumbelina. I think certain scenes stand out more than others. But and also, CG. I question whether some scenes were done traditionally and some were done digitally. I don't know. See, but I couldn't like like the CG in this color film, timing was really off at times. I guess, but the, there were some CG shots or CG like what do you call it? Like parts of shots, yes. but they didn't stand out as much as in Thumbelina. I feel like they blended a little bit better. There in the dream world, there was like one 3D environment uh-huh. that stood out, but then the yeah. ship, which looked very 3D or maybe model heavy was looked more like older like rockadoodle 3d or stuff Mm -hmm. or stuff like that so and also when stanley was being shot through the air in his weird cocoon oh that seemed like it was a model of Mm -hmm. some kind um also i found the the original poster which was this where oh that's better yes it is yeah the original poster which you can see on wikipedia is Mm -hmm. you know stanley putting his thumb to the ground making stuff grow and then it's got darkness around it whereas this i mean even though there's it's vignetted. It's it's just a better poster. Yeah. Um, so the film seems to me like it was a troubled thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, what year was this? Nineteen ninety four. Yes. Same and year as Fern Gully, which we talked about in our last episode. Yes. Yeah. In the yeah. So that what I think happened. Well, and you said the production of this basically was almost wrapped before Thumbelina, mm-hmm. which is so weird that it came out after Thumbelina, yeah. which I wonder if it was purposely being held off. Oh, I, I actually found something about that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It says the film was completed in 1992, but it wasn't released until October of 1994 due to production issues and the producers deciding to release the film Thumbelina first. I guess that doesn't explain it, but it is noted um, yeah, this is the production began in 1990 following the near completion of the film Rockadoodle. Don Bluth told his employees, okay, this is also from movies.fandom.com, no citations for these, but yeah. the production began in 1990 following the near completion of the film Rockadoodle. Don Bluth told his employees to put their best in the film, and if they didn't, they could, quote, go plant themselves in another garden. A while after Bluth said that, some animators left to work at Disney. Wow. Yeah, which, mm, I again, there's no citation, but. I don't, I don't not believe it. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> whether he said that or not, I, I would believe that some people left to work at Disney. This is interesting. Well, okay. Could you find budget? Yes. What was the budget? The budget was 23 million. Did you see the gross? 
It says it grows 71 million. No, 71,000. 71, oh, 71,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. why that number confused me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... No, I read it as million at first because you never expect to see thousand. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Gary Goldman has said oh, the reason geez. for the film's poor performance was because it was released without any sign of promotion and its release was limited. He also stated that its distributor, Warner Brothers, didn't have any confidence in the film. Did you find where it said that? This is all in on this fandom site. So, again, whether this is true, but like twenty three million sounds I guess like it's, he just said it during an interview. Oh it doesn't yeah, say it was on where. Wikipedia too. So there might be. It's uh, on IMDb, but yeah, that's Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is interesting too. Critical critical reception holds an approval rating of seventeen <laughs> percent. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. on Rotten Tomato. Well, that's based on six reviews oh. or whatever. Um but Oh, I, I go al- ahead. yeah, I also have a quote from Don Bluth about oh, this. Oh, I was about to read it. Oh, that. you can read, read it, read it. Go ahead. Yeah, so he uh in July of 2001, this is on Wikipedia, in the July 2001 issue of his magazine Toon Talk, his magazine. Oh, what? Was that his magazine? Oh, okay. Huh. Uh Don Bluth, Don, Don Bluth. <laughs> I do. Oh, that's the, that's the like alter dimension. Is that like Dom DeLuise and Don Bluth? Don. De, There's Don DeLuise, Don DeLuise, Dom DeLuise. Anyway, Don DeBaluth, Don, Don Bluth said that it's just lost its meaning now. Like his name has just become sounds. In the July 2001 issue of his magazine, Toon Talk, Don Bluth said that, quote, the development of a story is like the development of a child in a womb. It takes time and it must be done right. And building a troll in Central Park taught us this lesson the hard way. So I wonder what that mysterious means. Yeah, it's very quote. mysterious because there's no, like no information about what was actually going on. But I mean, if you think about the time that this was being made, this was when like didn't Goldcrest pull yeah. the funding and stuff. So I believe Troll would have been the third Goldcrest mm-hmm. film. Um, but the and of, and we noticed in Rockadoodle mm-hmm. that there is in fact a reference to Troll in Central Park. Yeah. With the with the young, the, the small owl. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. But it's Hunch. Ch- oh, Hunch. When, when yeah. Hunch is like turning into stuff. There's like two frames where he turns into Stanley. Mm-hmm. Very, very briefly. Like a pink Stanley. Yeah. So they were definitely working on it at the time. Also, I realized I forgot to post any of those images. Oh, so yeah. maybe I'll just put up some of those <laughs> for this episode instead. Uh, the, st- the Hunch transformation screen caps but uh but yeah this i i think they probably were trying something else because well also you want to bring up uh, one of our listeners paul mize oh, sent yeah. us mm-hmm. some information regarding this and thank you paul for sending it because we've we've had a little trouble researching a yeah. whole lot about a troll in central park um, also, before I leave Wikipedia, I just noticed that uh, in the UK, the movie was released on VHS under the title Stanley's Magic Garden. <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. So let me bring up what Stan, what Stanley sent us. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Let me bring up what Paul sent us about, about a troll in Central Park. 
Yeah. Okay. So Paul sent us a link here, which was on a site called Kataru. Uh, there is text from a book that was released in October of 1991 called The Animated Films of Don Bluth by John Colley. And we'll, we'll include like a link to this so you can read it if you like. But it has an earlier summary of A Troll in Central Park. Because I hadn't come out at this point. Yeah. And it, it notes a number of things that Paul actually bullet pointed here, which are uh, that when Stanley ends up under the bridge, he creates a world of plant life instead of just the small green patch. Uh, two, that upon seeing Stanley being happy and that Gus is eligible to become a troll... Gnorga and Lort instantly go to Central Park. There's no mention of Gnorga attempting to drown them in Gus's tears mm. or Stanley showing them the kids or showing the kids the dream world. The villains just immediately head to New York. And three, Gnorga and Lort return for a rematch after Stanley is brought back to life by Gus. And that's when Stanley turns Gnorga into a rosebush. That would be all that sounds like better than really story-wise sounds better than what it ended up being. Yeah, more interesting. Yeah. And also, another thing that he uh, pointed out here, I guess also, like, he says there was a scene where Gnorga is reading the editorials that trolls are turning good, and it just seems like there was more going on. Also... More story. Also, apparently, there is no mention, because I did read this last night, and, yeah, there was, like, there's no mention of songs, hmm. which is weird because in the same below that text, there's a thing about Thumbelina where they're talking about how Barry Manilow is handling the songs for yeah. Thumbelina. So it's kind of interesting that they're not mentioning the song. So it makes me wonder if they weren't originally going to not make it a musical, hmm. whereas Thumbelina looks like it was intended to be a musical from yeah. the very beginning, which I think it comes across that, that yes. it was meant to be a musical and the songs felt shoved into troll and central park. They did. Yeah. I don't uh, even remember any of them except for Stanley's Gnorga, the queen of mean. We'll get oh. to that. But no, I mean, Stanley's like green. Everything should be green or whatever it's called. Yeah. And Robert Folk did the, the score for this one. Like, uh, like he did for Rockadoodle, but mm. for Rockadoodle, I don't think Robert Folk did the songs. Mm-hmm. For Rockadoodle, it, it was uh, Glenn Campbell working with the uh, the lyricists on that movie. But like some of the earlier lyricists, like Barry Mann uh, and some other names, they're on Wikipedia <laughs> that we'll find shortly. Uh, ended up writing these songs, and I think what happened was they changed some stuff and they removed some scenes, and also. I don't know. This is just me theorizing, but a lot of the lip sync looked really off. It did. Yeah. Weirdly off. Like, I wonder if they just flat out changed a bunch of lines yeah. and re-recorded them. So this one might have been a victim of studio yeah. sabotaging. Studio overreach. But also it it feels a little like from Don's own admission that it was kind of underbaked. Yeah, because if it had been studio overreach, you feel like he would have said that instead of being like, well, we learned our lesson with that one. It's like he's admitting that they did something wrong, which I still don't know what it was, except, except for making the movie the way they did. But I think it, it seems like maybe a perfect storm of poor decisions or like of a thing where... And, and here's the thing. You might wonder... If you've never worked on something that's film related or animated, you might wonder like, well, how could you not tell that it wasn't going to 
come together correctly. But the reality is that you feel so departmentalized sometimes Mm -hmm. where it's, you're just doing your thing. You're, you have your scenes to work on. You're doing this part that you really might not realize how it's turning out until you see it all come together. But I will say, I really don't like the design of Stanley and that's a huge, one of the things that bothers me about his design Aside the Beethoven from, hair? <laughs> well, the hair and also his lion tail kind of grossed me out a little. Hmm. And I started to realize that he they might have been trying to make him a little bit like the cowardly lion and give him like a little lion tail. See, it looks to me like they tried to make him almost leprechaunish. Yeah, that too. Oh, which is funny. Because of the green coat and the and the red hair. On dragonslairthemovie.com, I didn't even think about this. Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. There's uh it's funny because the only post I could find was Happy St. Patrick's Day twenty sixteen and they did it they put <laughs> a still of Stanley and it just says, Thinking of our time in Dublin, we've selected a screen grab for one of the six feature films we made in Ireland, a shot of Stanley the Troll with a green thumb who loves flowers. He was thrown out of the troll world because he broke all the troll rules, mainly making anything nice or beautiful. Both of those words bring to mind our experience living in Ireland. (laughs) Beautiful and nice are both terms that fit perfectly for those years we spent there from 1986 to 1994. Happy St. Patrick's Day. So it's like, this reminds them of Ireland. (laughs) Stanley with his green thumb, making everything pretty. I can't hate Stanley. I I mean, like, I I know that you don't like his design and I, I don't care too much for it either, but He's not horrible. Well, and also like, his his personality. They made him exactly like Tiger. Only Tiger was a cat, so a side it works. Well. A side character, and like the thing I like about cats is that they're like ferocious, but they're also like super cute, <laughs> and that's why that works. Is like Tiger can say stuff like, "I like butterflies with golden wings," and it's it's. And why funny. did they make him like Tiger? Because oh, because Dom DeLuise is the mm-hmm. voice of the troll. Ah, uh, that's right. I am a troll. You better believe it. Um, I'm... I'm Stanley. What's your name? Hi. Oh, uh, you don't... Uh, <laughs> you don't say much, do you? Troll. No, Stanley. Can you say Stanley? Troll. Forget it. Oh. Hey, I, I can... I, I can grow things. Do you want to watch me? Um, get a load of this. (laughs) But it just doesn't work as a troll. Everything he says is like a cutesy line. And this is, sadly, this was the last Don Bluth movie that he was a voice in. Yeah. Um, it, it's really kind of a shame. Um, I, oh, (laughs) this is non sequitur. But one of the other things Paul sent us was a picture of the, of, uh, I believe that Stanley's Bridge was inspired by Central Park's Gapstow Bridge. And he put a little picture of it. It does look like it. It looks very similar. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever there, go check that out and think of a troll in Central Park. (laughs) Go look for a troll underneath the bridge. (laughs) Uh, Can I explain why I think I prefer this film to Thumbelina? I am very curious. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Because Thumbelina has a story that's very frustrating to me. And the way it just kind of meanders along and there's no, like, things just happen, it it bothered me. Now, Troll in Central Park doesn't have a story. It has a a very minimal story. It has a very minimal story. There's less to get frustrated by because you just don't know what's going on. And it has a very basic concept of, of good triumphing over evil. Well, and I felt like there were some things that 
could have been interesting. Like the dancing flowers kind of interested me. Which also very, very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it felt very Disney. There's a, well, I, but it's weird. Specifically, Alice in Wonderland just came to mind while looking at a lot of this movie. And I just wonder how much they were. I'm talking about the original Disney hand-drawn animated uh-huh. one. Yeah. The, how much they were looking at that movie. Mm-hmm. While they were making this one. Well, even like some of the cool shots were very quick, but there was one that was like where, where Gus is crying and it's like this low angle yeah. shot of the tears falling. And it I was feels like, just like that scene. It was like less than half a second long. And I was like, wait, that shot was cool. Like I want to <laughs> see that again. So a lot of cool shots. No, the, yeah. again, I agree with that. There's a lot of good animation in this movie for sure. Um, the and- flowers dance for like a really long time and that confused me a little bit, but I was also like, this is almost weird enough to be like an acid trip, but it's not <laughs> quite there. I-, I wonder if they were just going for kind of a Fantasia thing. Maybe. Because that's a thing in Fantasia is the uh-huh. flower dance sequence Which, during Nutcracker Suite, I think. Like if they'd gone fully like weird acid trip all the way, like weird, because like dream world, you could do anything. And if they'd really taken it to that kind of darker place it could have been not maybe a good story but i think that's it was the potential of that that interested me a little bit even though i was also very tired (laughs) watching this movie for me what what ruins the story more than anything is honestly just gus i think gus is like the worst thing in this movie yeah very very unlikable and does not redeem himself i don't think dad and me are gonna sail my boat and then we're gonna have ice cream, and I'm gonna have double chocolate. Hey, Rolly, don't touch that. Only me and Dad get to go. Go, go. No, Rosie, you stay here. This is just for me and Dad. Ready to go, Dad? Finally. Great. You're not coming. Your father's off to a meeting, honey. But you promised to take me to the park. Oh. You know I have an important case to prepare for. The park will have to come later. Later, later. It always has to be later. Why can't we ever do what I want to do? I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, I get what they're doing with him. And it's kind of a, it's a difficult thing because like the whole point of his character is that he's a brat and that he is troll-ish in nature and that Gnorga can take advantage of that. But unfortunately, I think the problem here is that Rosie needed to be more than a toddler. Yes. She needed to be an also active character in this movie who was a counterpoint Mm -hmm. to It's like a, I don't know, like look at Gravity Falls, how you have like uh uh, how Dipper and Mabel kind of balance each other when one of them goes too far in one direction. Mm -hmm. But when you just have one character who's an infant, and you don't have that dynamic going on. So I think that Gus being a brat could have worked if you'd had Rosie also maybe around the same age who was being a good girl Mm -hmm. and wanting to lean in that direction. And then you have the good sibling and the bad sibling and then one trying to redeem that. So that's a more classic thing that you could fall on for the story. But all we have is Gus as the, Mm -hmm. as the kid basically and it doesn't seem like there's a character arc for or i didn't see the character arc there was supposed to be one and supposedly there was one but i didn't get it and there's a line that could have been good if it was set up better which is when gus is yelling at stanley and he says no one stanley you'll never have a dream come 
Which I thought that yes. scene, that that line could have meant a lot if I laughed at it, but only because it didn't go anywhere. Right, but it could it could have been led into in a way that would yeah. have been like, oh, this is a this is a turning point where the yes. brat is calling Stanley a coward, and you realize mm -hmm. that's one of Stanley's flaws. But it just didn't feel like there was enough of like there was no point in time where Gus would have realized really that Stanley was a coward by his actions, mm -hmm. except for this one time. It felt like that was beat three. Yes. Uh, and the other two beats didn't happen to of Stanley chickening out. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's it's kind of it's fascinating watching this film because you see sort of the pieces of something that was kind of coming together. But then it fell apart because it was birthed prematurely. Maybe that's a, maybe that's not a correct way of saying this, but like, um, but it doesn't quite coalesce the way it feels a bit like you see Nausicaa. Valley. I haven't. Damn no. it. I was going to refer to the, the monster at the end, what happens to it. But anyway, I'm sure someone out there has seen it. I mean, it's a lot of people have, but well, the monster that was animated by Hideaki Anno anyone who knows what i'm talking about anyway i don't but somebody does again but also now in 2019 more than ever i don't want to see a movie about the one percent like i don't want to <laughs> see a movie about this rich family with this spoiled bratty kid and they treat their housekeeper like crap like no i, I that automatically it makes it hard for them to be redeeming characters any of them like and and yeah like i don't know what the dad does and I don't Business. know why the mom ha talks like, like that. Except that she's like, that's the, the rich, like upper East side accent. I don't know if, I don't know New York, you but know what, you know what Stanley, Gus, like you know what, Stanley get the caviar. You know what Gus could have she said? She never talked to Stanley. I don't know why I said that. You know what Gus could have said at the end? It would have just been one line, but all he had to do was say in front of it was dad, I know you're really busy and I understand, but do you think that maybe we could do what I'd like to do today? Yeah. He could have just said that. He could have said well, something to be like, acknowledging that his parents may not have the time. We ran into this a little bit with We're Back because the little girl in that is like this rich kid who's like, my parents are never around, but she's like living in this penthouse. And it's like, they're never voice, around. Voiced by they're, Lisa Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> they're providing for you. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like... Uh, whatever it, it <laughs> they're never around <laughs> yeah they're caregivers they living in new york you know how expensive it is to probably live yeah, in new york probably <laughs> but that's kind of a 90s thing i think yeah. where all the films were about workaholic dads mm -hmm. like hook was yeah. also very much that idea and uh when did when did haunted mansion come out the eddie murphy oh god oh that was a little later is that 2000s i want to say but so it, it was like a 90s movie where it was like the dad works too much mm. you know he just he's so obsessed with taking care of his family <laughs> what a jerk what an asshole <laughs> um but uh we we've glanced over apart from mentioning dom dom de mm -hmm. there are some other really notable voices that yeah. are in this movie or at least are fun connections to other Don Bluth films. Yeah, yeah. Some people who are in previous Don Bluth films. And the, since we're talking about Gus, Philip Glasser. Yeah. Who was the voice of Fievel. Fievel Mouskowitz. Yeah, I, I recognized his name in the credits but I couldn't remember who he was. I thought he was Littlefoot but it's like, no, he's he was Fievel. Which sweet, sweet little semi-rebellious 
Fievel. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now he's just a jerk. <laughs> now he's just a jerk. How old was Philip Glasser, though, at this time? Because I don't know, this because is a that while was... After. That was 12 years after an American Tale. No, 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 no. Sorry. American Tale was 86. So this was like eight, eight years. Yeah, it's eight years later. Well, pro- less than that. It would have been probably like five years. Someone after. do the math. I don't know. But so Philip Glass. Like well, his voice it's not like we could look yet. at when he was born <laughs> in 78. He was born in 78. So he would have been. He's 40 now. It says he lives in Tarzana or no, he was born in Tarzana. He was born in Tarzana, California, which is where I was born. Wow. I was born in Tarzana. So weird. Many years later, but. Many years in 87. (gasps) No, he was born in 78. I was born in 87. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) You guys are the same person. But he's in October and I was in August. (laughs) Uh, He's an actor and film producer. So So he would have been like probably 13 or 14 when he recorded these lines. So. For, for for whatever movie we're talking about. Oh, wait, about. yeah, because, of course, it's not when the movie comes yeah. out. It's when, it, and Maybe it was before, before Thumbelina. He would have been 11, 12, who knows. Okay. Which That's, makes sense. Yeah, so th- that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Philip Glasser, you know him, you love him. <laughs> the voice of Fievel. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's one of them. Uh, we also had, I guess... I couldn't find anything on this per- on Tawny Sunshine Glover. Oh, I couldn't either. She was the toddler. What's her name? Rosie. Yeah. Was there anything on? Mm, I, no, does it list I her on IMDb? So. Well, probably, but I don't know if she had done other other stuff or if she'd been in other Don Bluth films. I'm looking really quick. Where's Rosie? Oh. Oh, it lists her as Natty. From Thumbelina. Who's Natty? I think the little Nat girl? Uh, I don't remember that character. <laughs> but her only... Yes, I think Natty was like one of the little Nat... Like the kids. One of the little bug kids. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was that and she was a troll in Central Park and she has no other actress credits hmm. besides that on IMDb. I wonder what she's up to now. Send us an email. <laughs> if you, if you Tony, randomly... Send us an email by some astronomical chance hear this uh which he did fine as yeah as a kid and as a toddler i think all the voice actors did fine and all the animators did fine it's <laughs> like they didn't they weren't an issue you know <laughs> and then we have and i'm saving the best for last year but then we have jonathan price as as alan who's alan is that the dad yeah so the, the sounds like a dad name hey alan alan, alan. uh <laughs> Jonathan Price as Alan, Alan, Alan and Haley Mills as Hillary. Was Hillary the mom? Yes. Hillary and, so, and Alan. Those are such like. Alan. But you know who Jonathan Price is, right? No. You, if I show you his picture, you'll know who he is. Wait. Yeah. Why does he look the familiar? The main character from Brazil. Um, he was the. Here, I'm going to bring up a bunch of his bunch of his roles. Um, I think the thing a lot of people would know him as uh, the governor Weatherby Swan from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh. He played Elizabeth's dad okay. in those movies. A lot of people would know. Um, but Where, let me have show you ever me seen, that list. Have you ever seen uh, Brazil? No. Yeah. Give me that list here. Jonathan Price. What have I seen him in? I haven't seen Brazil. Here, wait, wait. Maybe I've seen him in... <laughs> we accidentally both swiped the screen at the same time. Wait, I want to see the list. Here you go. Okay. Filmography. So- 
What? Which of these have I seen? No, 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 no. He's no. a longtime actor. I know. Well, this isn't saying anything about him because these are all movies I've heard of. But oh, I've seen Evita. But on the other hand, she's all they have. She's a diamond in their dull gray lives. And that's the hardest kind of stone. It usually survives. And when you think about it, can you recall the last time they loved anyone at all? She's not a bauble you can brush aside. Colonel Juan Perón. I think I've seen Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, yeah, I've seen, I don't know that I've seen that one. Um, The New World, Renaissance. No, I haven't seen G.I. Joe Retaliation. You're just going to pass over the fact that he was president of the United States in G.I. Joe Retaliation. You're going to make it zoom in again. (laughs) The two popes. Ooh, he's still a working actor. Yes. Nice. And he played Don Quixote in The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he, you, you've seen him. Um, oh, wait a second, though. What did I just see? Wait a second. What did I just see? I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't see anything. <laughs> oh, no, wait. His work also in theater, his work in theater includes an award-winning performance in the title role of the Royal Court Theater's Hamlet. Huh. And that led to several supporting roles in film and television. And his breakthrough screen performance was in Terry Gilliam's cult film, Brazil. Was in A Troll in Central Park. No. <laughs> but how have you not seen... Anyway, he plays Sam Lowry. I haven't in, seen... In I Brazil. somehow miss all the movies that certain people are in. And I don't know why. But the uh, the other... The other lovely two parent? actors oh the other parent that's right oh. i was gonna ju- i was gonna jump on i mean and we don't have to glance over Haley mills as hillary uh daughter of john mills and mary Haley bell oh my goodness no but uh do 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 Ooh, disney oh right she was the parent trap she was the original two Oh, she was the twins? The twins in, oh, wow. in the original 1961, The Parent Trap. Wow. She was in That Darn Cat. Nice. I, I have Patty. seen... Oh, wait, no. I've seen the remake of that. The Daydreamer in The Little Mermaid in 1966. And then Susan Harper in Twisted Nerve. Do, 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 do. Hillary in Troll in Central Park. <laughs> I swear there was another role I noticed last night that surprised me. It was do 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 her performance in Whistle Down the Wind saw Mills nominated for a BAFTA award for Best British Actress. Mister mm. Eves, hello, Linda. It's not Linda. It's Kathy Bostock. Oh, oh yes, is it? Kathy, that's right. Can I interrupt you for a minute? Yes. You know how he used to cure people? Jesus, I mean, he cured a blind man once, didn't he? That's right. And he could bring people back from dead, too. <laughs> Lazarus. Only he must have let some people die, mustn't he? Why did he let those people die? Anyway, 
also a well-known actress. And then, but this brings us to two actors that I think in some way kind of steal this movie mm-hmm. a little bit. And they are the they are the characters playing Ganorga and Lort. Yay. Stanley, because you have repeatedly, repeatedly... Disobeyed. I am getting there, dear. Disobeyed and... And, and, and violated the code of proper troll behavior. We have no choice but to sentence you to a... To a stone. <laughs> a stone? Turn him to stone. <laughs> and uh, maybe we should start with Lort. Lort, played by Charles Nelson Riley. I wrote in my notes Jose Chung because he was in an X-Files episode called Jose Chung's From Outer Space. <laughs> played Jose Chung, the writer. You brought that up on Rockadoodle. I did. And <laughs> it's he... like my fa- one of my favorite episodes and he's so good. And yeah, he was in Rockadoodle as my favorite character in Rockadoodle. As Hunch. Hunch. He was in All Dogs as, as Killer. Killer. Mm-hmm. I always... You want to get the pliers. He, just something about the way yeah. he delivers lines is always funny. So good. And yeah. he doesn't have a lot to work with in this movie. But, no. And it kind of takes you the entire film to realize what his game plan is. That he's trying to supplant Gnorga. Oh, I didn't even get that. Well, because at the end, she's like, he becomes king. Right. So, but, but he's been trying, I, which I wonder if that was like, he just had a big brain play here and was like saying like, oh no, just banish Stanley to <laughs> Central Park and it'll yeah, be. Because it was his idea for sure. Right. He he got her to do it because she wanted to turn him to stone. So he just kind of convinced her, no, 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 just send her, send Stanley away. Mm-hmm. I wonder. And then of course in the papers that makes her seem soft. Yeah. So I think that that was an issue, which by the way, just because I'm going to forget to bring it up later, at the very end when he's reading papers about how Gnorga has been potted, the paper I finally noticed is called The Worst of Times. <laughs> yeah. It was like, vol- I wrote it down, volume 35, issue three. But I just, that was the funniest joke in the yeah, movie was the newspaper name. Um, <laughs> but but he's funny. I liked, I liked his character in yeah. this. Um, and... I could have done without the dog trying to bite his leg the whole time. Yeah. That felt like a Pokemon joke, <laughs> like where James is always being attacked by Victory Bell. I'm sorry. This I is have like no a idea weird, what you're talking this about, is a weird usual. off, like, <laughs> or just, like Licky Tongue trying to, trying to lick Jesse's face or something. Licky Tongue's scary. Uh, but, but I will say. <laughs> you it, should have seen Detective Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> it was all realistic oh looking. Oh God. Um, but I will say it was like a gag that they, ugh, it was a gag that they kept <laughs> going back to and it was like this wasn't funny the first time it's like you're trying to right. make it funny and they don't show it in the very last moment in the final yeah. thing that happens in the movie is the dog biting his leg and it's off screen you just hear it and then it took me a second to go oh that oh right it's that's what's happening yeah see i think i think i was seeing the potential of this movie because you have someone like charles nelson riley who his character could have been so much better like a lot of this right. stuff could have been Good. Whereas I see Thumbelina and it seems very kind of like, mm, this is what this movie was. It could, it could have been a little better. Yes. But it, there's a limit. Whereas this is like, they could have done anything right. with this. So, and I remember you bringing up when I, I brought up Lort when we went over Char- Charles Nelson Riley's stuff, mm-hmm. uh, his f- stuff, his <laughs> filmography, <laughs> good, <shit>. good words, <laughs> Dax, uh, uh, his, his films when we were talking about all dogs and 
And you're like, ah, oh, someone was, ah, oh, yes, Lort, the most <laughs> memorable of Charles Nelson Reilly's characters. But he was kind of the more, more memorable thing in this movie. However, yeah. I have to hand it to, I have to hand it to uh, Ganorga. Ganorga. It feels delicious to be so vicious. I'm Ganorga, the queen of me. It's so delightful to be so spiteful. I'm Ganorga, the queen of me. If I choose, I'll destroy and demolish, arrest and abolish every troll I've known. Stand in my way, and you'll stand there forever, because I'll turn you into stone. I'm the queen of me. I'm the meanest queen you've ever seen. You should have no doubt. About my club, I'm the queen of me. Played by Cloris Leachman, <laughs> Frau Bluka herself from Young Frankenstein, uh-huh. which is funny because we brought up Kenneth Mars on Thumbelina. Yeah, we did. Who was also in Young Frankenstein <laughs> as the inspector. Yeah. Uh, so... It's of course, a, Leachman was in a bunch of other stuff too. Right? Well, yeah. Well, have you ever seen Last Picture Show? No. It's it is a marvelous film. Um, is young young Jeff Bridges? Like Ooh. we're talking young babe. Wow, Jeff Bridges. Um, babe Bridges. But uh, Cloris Leachman is just sort of wonderful. As the queen of mean. Yeah. (laughs) I got some Ursula vibes a little bit. Oh, though, that was also in the animation, too, where Mm -hmm. they, the lipstick that she had seemed very like, this seems very, although they take it a step further, which I kind of like, which is that she's putting, she picks up a toad and she puts on warts from the toad, (laughs) which was a nice touch. Uh, she, cause she's got a lot going on, but I, I was going to say Cloris Leachman playing, um, what was the character's name? Ruth in, I'm just like checking. Oh God. There's like a main article for Cloris Leachman credits. Mm. Give me just the, give me the bits, <laughs> the bits, the bits. Yeah. Ruth Popper. She plays an, uh, an, a middle-aged woman who ends up having an affair with a, uh, very young man. Hmm. And it's kind of actually a shocking thing in that movie. The, the last picture show is interesting because it's all black and white. Aesthetically, it was done to feel like an older film. But it, the subject matter is very, very adult mm-hmm. and very kind of... It's a, also sort of a hard movie to, to watch. But I just remember the moment towards the end of that movie where like she's just, she's just had an affair with this kid. And then there's sort of a point where her character turns... And shifts back into this more parental figure huh. and realizes that she realizes that she's screaming at this younger boy as though he's like the same age as her. Wow. And you can, t- she just plays it so beautifully where then she kind of reverts back and says like, they're there now, don't you worry or something huh. after having gotten mad at him. And I, I just think it's like the most profound moment in that movie where it's like someone realizing how far they've gone into this place that they shouldn't have gone with this person. Hmm, I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. I recommend checking it out. Although it is again, very adult film. So she's done some other, uh, animated films as well. Yeah. What are the other? She... She, 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 oh, she's in the crudes. I didn't, I don't remember oh. that. 
in the Mary Tyler Moore show. She was in My Little Pony, the movie. Wait, who was she in My Little Pony, the Hidia? movie? This is the 1986 movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I got excited and thought it was the Lauren Faust, My Little Pony. She's also in The Iron Giant as a Mrs. Tenzich. Wait. I don't remember really? who that character is, but... Huh. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. She's in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought that... Um, and, of course... Troll in Central Park. Uh, but yeah, Oh, she's in Spanglish, too. Hmm. In New York, I love you. Sorry, we're just... Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm in the middle. Um, yeah, like, it's hard not to love who she is. And and uh, she was Uterp in The Mouse and His Child. I have no idea what that is. I want to look at it. It's oh. a Japanese-American animated film based on the 1967 novel of the same name by Russell Hoban. Whoa, what is this? What is this? Uh, I've never heard of this. Anyway, go well, ahead. She was also in an episode of The Simpsons as Mrs. Glick, who's like their neighbor. And it's where Bart's trying to raise money to buy a comic book. And so he goes and pulls her weeds. And she's like, <laughs> you have to go pull all the weeds or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's the line, but you know. She was Aunt Louise and Herbie Goes Bananas. We're not mm. avoiding talking about Troll and no, Central well, Park. No, I'm just wondering. Oh, how- she's Dola in Castle in the Sky hmm. in the English language version. Sorry. Love to bring up the Ghibli connections. Welcome home, Sonny. Get out. Get out or I'll throw you out. This is my house. Uh, you don't scare me. You can't even protect one small girl. What do you mean? They offered you money and you took it, didn't you? I only left because she didn't tell me to. That's why. So you believed her and you came back here, right? You're just a scared little boy who runs away. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking at my notes to see what else there is to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh. She's the, in Beavis and Butthead Do America, she's the old woman on plane and bus. Oh, and a bus. And bus. <laughs> <laughs> Stay close to the candlelight. But yeah, basically the there's some... Can be- there's some good so there's some good really good voice actors in or actors who are also voice actors in this film uh yeah and like i said there's nothing wrong with what they did even though i didn't like the character of gus i feel like you know his acting was good for his character so so i'm still i'm still finding stuff she was noriko in ponyo in the english version it's another ghibli movie Hmm. that she was in and she was the great gam gam in beer fest <laughs> i'm sorry why does she get these amazing names in the californians she was alien boatwright and in sky high she was nurse specs what what is in glorious bastards she was mrs himmelstein mm. himmelstein oh i guess scenes cut maybe she didn't make it mm. in the movie um sorry i just have a trip down down her filmography just to see a fun yeah. fun list of, of roles that she's played. So again, they didn't do a bad job in either of our opinions with this film. Yeah, in terms of the voice <laughs> acting and the animation, I think that was all good. I think I mean the story is really where it's lacking. So which um, and yeah, it's not like anything in this story is really offensive or anything. It's like I wish it had been more offensive. You know what I mean. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, and that that that's a good segue for why I like Thumbelina more okay. than this movie. Okay, can we at least agree though the music in Thumbelina is far better than this film? Yes. 
Yeah. No. Well, see, see, I think, I think there are things that Thumbelina does better and there are things that troll does better. And so it's not like I'm saying troll does everything better. It's just like the total like points when I add it all up is like one point higher than Thumbelina. So yeah, yeah, no, there are some things. Yeah. Thumbelina has better songs. Um, I would rather be frustrated by a story than feel nothing. Yeah. Well, you, I would, you know, kind of what I mean. Yes. Like, I, but I almost feel like I would like to be on some sort of drugs and like, watch troll. I would rather hear. And then it wouldn't be as, for, as bad, you know, be on a, on a, a trip in central park. <laughs> Probably not a good place to have a trip to be honest, No, but, but well, okay. I would rather watch Prometheus than alien covenant. Was Alien Covenant the most recent one? The most re- I think the most recent one where like it was more of an alien film and it was more of just a predictable alien film where you knew everything that was going to happen. But Prometheus is not a great movie or I even didn't... arguably a good movie, but it is a baffling movie. And I, I don't hate either of those alien movies, but I don't love them. But there is a strange, bewildering confusion to Prometheus that makes it engaging in some way. And <laughs> well, that's why that's what I'm saying about Troll in Central Park is there's this bewildering like, wait, what am I watching? It's not that confusing. But it's though. not though. It's not enough. Like that's the thing. I wish it had pushed it. If it was gonna be bad, I wish they'd pushed it to just be like bonkers. But Thumbelina does have those moments where we're like, wait, what? But this is happening. Okay, now yeah. this is going on. Now she's a bug. Yeah, now she's dancing, and she's upset that people don't find her attractive as a bug. Which is, she should be upset that she's forced to be a bug. <laughs> now she's about to marry a mole. What's going on? And now the happy ending of, is she's marrying somebody with a terrible haircut. Like, I cannot deal. I still, but I see that's the thing that drives Thumbelina for me is wondering where it's going to go. Yeah. How is she going to get back to Prince Cornelius? Even <laughs> though I don't care about that relationship at all. I want at to least know. At least the bee is there. The bee is there. And I want to know where the movie is going to go. So, which, but halfway through I, Troll in Central Park, I just kind of like disconnected. Yes. From it. And then. Yeah was in this state of not knowing, like the Lich King when he's stuck in Prismo's <laughs> room and he can't kill anybody and he has a stare of, of just inaction on his face and doesn't know what to do. That's how I felt halfway through this movie. See, I think Thumbelina is bad in a structured way and a okay. troll in Central Park is bad in a there's nothing here way. Okay. I, I don't know. Like when I say, I think it's better. It's really like, I'm not going to watch either of them again. <laughs> I would watch Thumbelina again in the right circumstances. Oh, I did write down when we were watching troll, like early on. Well, first of all, there is a rose blooming in troll. That sort of reminds me of Thumbelina yes, and Xanadu. That's true. Um, but I also wrote down jawbreaker question mark because <laughs> there was a like I, I the trolls feel a little similar a, in a vibe little, and just when the they fact come to that, Central Park mm-hmm, specifically and just the fact that you don't understand what's going. Well, jawbreaker is a trailer, so it doesn't count. But like, they have like weird Viking helmet things when they come yeah. to oh, yeah. Central Park. But they jawbreaker is more interesting to me. But again, it's a trailer, not a feature. So also, I want to point out that this movie copies. The ending from Yellow Submarine. Oh, does where it? Where Jeremy Hillary Boob, PhD, ends up growing flowers on the boss of the Blue Meanies. Oh. 
And he's like, a rose, a rose. And he's like pointing at the, and he starts making all these little flowers appear oh, on that's him. that's funny. Which is like, oh, that's what they do to Gnorga hmm. in this movie. She gets all flowered. Oh. I also wrote down skateboard kid, which is a joke <laughs> that I made when we were, because there's the whole scene, by the way, there's a the little part that you mentioned where he's like, he just gets to New York and there's this weird thing with his size where at one point he's smaller than a bowl of salad. And then at another point, he's the size of a small child. But anyway, that's not important. Stanley um, size is Stanley. Mm-hmm. questionable. Yes. Uh, but then he's like, he gets onto like a skateboard or something. And, and Dom DeLuise was in a film called The Skateboard Kid, where he played the voice of the skateboard. Round and round I go and where I stop, nobody knows. Hello, little toes that live in the shoe. Here's a little oil just for you, Tinkle Tinkle. What's this stupid skateboard doing in here? Stupid? Look who's talking! Let me at him! Let me at him! And can we give credit to the fact that Dom DeLuise can can give life to almost anything? Yeah. He's how what has he been at this point? Uh in across all these roles. A cat, a dog, a troll. A cat trying to be a dog. Yeah. A troll, <laughs> a skateboard, uh a crow. I mean, I mean, there's probably more. Uh, he was a Kusala Goose Goop in he Dexter's was Laboratory. Christopher Columbus, which we're recording this on Columbus Day, he by was, the way. Oh, we are. Does that <laughs> yeah. mean I have another excuse to cut in a line from Dom DeLuise from The Magic Voyage where he plays Christopher Columbus? I think it does. <gasps> there it is. One of my favorite bedtime stories. Okay, here we go. It's called The Indies on 5,000 Meter a Day by Marco Polo. They played that game. Now, this is a Marco Polo guy. He went to the Indies a long time ago, and he traveled by land. Now, just between you and me, Pico, I uh-huh. think he went the wrong way around the block. Because if someone took a ship from here to Bella España and followed the sun across to the sea, he'd bump into the Indies in no time. And you can't fall off the edge now that the world is around. Yes, the world is around. <laughs> so, so anyway. God, I wonder what I picked. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> oh, I've had it with these uh, stupid cubes. So, so he can play almost anything and make it affable. Is that the word? Yeah. Yes. Uh, lovable. Yeah. Charming. And I think he makes Stanley charming at times, but he's a little too whiny as this character. Well, he's too, like, they're trying to make him too, like, cutesy. And all the scenes with him and the little toddler girl, it's just like, she's like, Rosie, my name's Rosie. Rosie. And then he says, like, um, uh, so, what does he say? Uh, something. He does a little rhyme about Rosie's name. Like Rosie for Rosie or for something. Posies, I don't. May, I, but Posies, Rosie's, Rosie's already for, a flowery. Book. That's true. By the way, non sequitur. Did they murder all of his flowers at yes, the beginning? I was I'm sure they about. did because he had all these flower friends in his house, and then they they sent Arrest him off him. to Central Park, and then it's like, well, but, clearly they murdered the flowers. Yeah, what did they who do? Who are with alive? Those alive, uh-huh. sentient flowers. I don't want to know. Uh, and then some lovely flower dancing animation. I think the flowers are kind of fun. They're like yeah. the way they're animated is is interesting. It, it could have they could have again they could have gone further with this. Like if the flowers had been 
just like murderous and like learn a lot of things from the tulips like if they like actually that was a a reference is it was it a reference to something Golden afternoon, the golden afternoon. I don't you know. Remember, have you seen Alice in Wonderland in a long time? Uh, not in a long time, but yeah, I've seen it. The yeah, the, like just that whole flower sequence where oh. she's she's talking to the flowers. It's very I, again, it's like a wonderful piece of animation. Can we watch Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Uh, yeah, but but they could have been utilized better. Like the flowers could have been more of a, I don't know, done something more than just danced around. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think there was something here. But, but there's one part that made me laugh a lot that I thought was well done, where he's, I'm going to go help him. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to go help him. And then he just goes off and then turns around. It's like, I can't do it. I can't help. And he just runs away. <laughs> this felt very like courage. Uh, courage. Uh, yeah. Like the, the cowardly, the cowardly lion. lion. Yeah. That's why I think they gave him a lion tail. And also. I almost said courage, the cowardly <laughs> dog, but I meant the cowardly lion. But also uh, when they fall asleep in those flowers, that reminded me of the Wizard of Oz too. Like the sleepy time Happy. flowers. Happy. Yeah. Happy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and when the kid turns into a troll, that kind of reminded me of Pinocchio when he turns into the donkey. Want to act like a troll? Be a troll. All the buildings of a tale of morality are in this movie. Yeah. They just, it's, the foundation somehow didn't, like, the. it's weird, like, the beats are there, mm-hmm. but the things between the beats aren't there, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Because that, that moment is kind of like, oh, crap, he's getting turned into a troll. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Gnorga, the queen of mean. She has a lot of good animation. Uh, I just, I like quirks about how she's moving. I like when she reaches into her chest and she throws out a million things and you see like, you know, you see like a snake and bat or like a bunch (laughs) of random stuff. Like there were jokes put in there by the animators who were clearly trying to have fun when they could. There was was some cool, like there was a frog underwater, like that part where the little girl's dragging the troll under the water. It's like, oh, that underwater animation is cool. Like they did some cool stuff. Yeah, and, and if you're listening, if you like this movie, we're not trying to tell you that, like, you're wrong for liking it or anything. I think it's just... And it's not even like it's the worst children's film. It's just, I think, when you put it next to the other films that Don Bluth's team had worked on, it just doesn't hold a candle. It feels rushed or something. Like, they yeah. didn't... I don't know. It feels rushed. It feels like it, it didn't have enough time to, in the story stage... Mm-hmm to actually become what it needed to be. Yeah. And um, this also reminds me one other thing that uh, Paul had sent us was a number of storyboards. And, uh, you know, you can see, like, if we'll put links to some of these storyboards, but, like, if you look at them, you can see that there was, you know, there were a lot of ideas that were at play for what this was going to be. And mm-hmm. it did seem like it was going to be a very playful and fun film. And just somehow, I don't know, this is how it turned out. Um, and I'm curious now to see Pebble because Pebbles, I remember Pebble being more coherent than this movie when I was younger. I think so. Like Pebble definitely had more going on. It was still kind of aimed at young audiences, but it, it's a clearer narrative that maybe had just as much studio meddling. So we'll see. We'll see when we get there. Yeah. Um, However, I think we have something different planned for the next Bluth episode. Oh, you mean, something... the, you mean the non-Bluth? 
Oh, that too. But I'm saying, okay, well, we have something special planned for the non-Bluth, but we also have something special planned for next month for the Bluth oh, episode. Oh, right. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we I won't forgot. tell you what it is, but if mm-hmm. you're if you're uh, discerning and yeah. thinking about the entirety of Bluth's career, you might be able to figure it out. But that one's going to be fun. Um, do we have anything else that we want to say about a troll in Central Park. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just going to quickly flip through my minimal notes here. Oh, there was Russian music for some reason at the beginning. Do you know that? Like, I didn't know. Like he, where one of the trolls is singing like, oh, I'm a bad troll. Oh, uh-huh, da, da. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like kind of a weird. I don't know that I thought that was odd. Um, Stanley says rockinized. Or stonized <laughs> at one point. He had some funny terms for like being turned or marbleized. He had some funny lines mm. for turning to stone. I'd help you if I could, but I can't. She'll turn me into stone and I don't want to be recognized. Oh, why? I, this is important. Why does Gus call Stanley Spaceman? Does he? He calls him Spaceman. At I didn't one point. even notice. I could not figure out why he called him Spaceman. I swear, I'll cut it in. He says, he, here. Rosie, we better go home now. Go? You mean leave? You're going to take Rosie away from me? You got it, spaceman. Oh, no. Wow, I guess you were right. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember I was that completely at wrong, all. And we removed this entire bit. <laughs> I do not remember that. But my, uh, maybe there was like a cut hurts. scene where they thought he was an alien or something. I guess so. I... I don't know. That's my guess, but I don't remember them saying that. I was very tired when we watched this, but you it were, also... You were very tired by the end of this one. It was Saturday night. It was my Friday. And also, yeah, it is hard to stay awake during this film. Also, I think this is more of a personal thing, but it's it was notable to me that we didn't have a VHS for a Troll in Central Park, which I don't think my parents were about to buy me a copy of this mm. movie when I was younger. <laughs> I don't think they wanted to have to to listen to this one but you watched it as a kid i saw it i can't remember if i saw it once in theaters because i liked the other because i would have been this was what 94 uh-huh 87 so yeah i would have been seven at the time that this came out i probably had watched all of the other don bluth movies i probably went to go see it but I wonder because it didn't even get a wide, a very wide release, supposedly, or it didn't get like not very. If if you saw it, you or were maybe, like probably a very large fraction of its box office receipts. <laughs> maybe I saw it on, <laughs> huh? Maybe I saw it like on a VHS at a friend's place. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. I I. <laughs> you're not, you're not even sure you've seen it the, like you don't you don't even remember if we saw it a couple days ago so who knows <laughs> what was it when <laughs> at some point in the movie i said it was like i said well he's dead i think when stanley got turned to stone and you just went finally <laughs> so, <laughs> um but I knew he'd come back, you know. Well, no, but when he turns to stone, when he tur- when when Stanley the troll turns to stone, I said, "What is this, the Hobbit?" And you just looked at me, not even understanding yeah, the reference I was making. I didn't making. understand. I still don't. I I was upset. 
because that was a well-timed and uh, foreshadowing thing that I said. Yeah, I don't remember that. Anyway, hmm. why did I just say it like that? I sounded like <laughs> such a dick the way I just said that. So, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, <laughs> Stanley caused an ecological disaster at the end of this movie yeah. just because he wants you to love flowers. And we all love oh. flowers, but you could just go to Huntington Gardens, you know? Did you see that there was a cut song? Oh, what was the cut song? Wait, where did I read that? Did I make that up? No. Was that in what? Um, it was called. Oh, wait, maybe it's in this one. Was that what Paul said? This? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, Paul said this in one of the messages it sent. Although there is mention of a song entitled I Hate Flowers, which there isn't any storyboards for. I guess, sorry, I said although at the beginning of this, although it, it just, when, sometimes when you read a section of what someone's saying, <laughs> it doesn't actually grammatically work out of context. It seems that these were supposed to be the original scenes for the film that later became Queen of Mean and Absolutely Green. Oh, this is in reference to some of the storyboard. This is great content, Dax. Sorry. <laughs> so maybe this is when they began working on the musical numbers. So maybe an earlier version of... Uh, this is like from the storyboards that Paul sent us where it's like, yeah, maybe they were starting to make it into a musical and they had mm -hmm. like early ideas for it. But I hate flowers. I nice. hate flowers. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Would that be like a Gnorga song? Yeah, that was a Gnorga yeah. song. So that there should have been more of a song about because you get you get that mm -hmm. like because Gnorga could have been better written in the sense of. Okay, yeah, she's the queen of mean, but but she could have just been a more sympathetic character mm -hmm. who just despised flowers. Yeah, if they, yeah, I mean, if they've had that song in there, we would have gotten more insight into her character and why she hates flowers instead of, I mean. And you could have related to the fact that she just can't stand flowers, you know. It's, I mean, there's like one line where, like, she's like, what's that smell? And, you know. Maybe she has allergies to flowers, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there could be so many ways you could paint this rather than just her being a mean character. For maybe the flowers sake of it. killed her parents. They are alive. <laughs> they are real. See, I just wanted beings. more darkness. I'm like trying to just put murder into this movie because I just wanted, I want to feel something, you know? You ever see The Princess and the Goblin? No, but I think I <laughs> might have actually read that book. It was a book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it. It was but. made into, I have no reason for bringing it up other than that it vaguely, tonally reminds me of this film and there was always some part of me that confused the two huh but the princess and the goblin has really bad animation it's oh. it's like notably bad animation comp especially compared to this like the mm -hmm. animation in this is at least quality yeah and this is still looks better than so many children's yeah. films that i have seen so again i hope we've been as kind as we can be to what is essentially, I think, the most maligned yeah, Don Bluth film. It is. It's considered the worst, at least according to Wikipedia. Which is interesting because I did see some comments online of people saying they really loved this movie. And it's more power to you if you do. I think um, if you saw it as a kid and you were young enough, it probably holds a, you know, and there's a special a, place. And there's a nostalgic quality to it and the way it looks that I think. Yeah. And it, it does essentially have a decent moral. So, um, But... Thank you for listening. 
to yeah. our shortest episode. Do you think this is the shortest I'm one? I'm looking at the timestamp. <laughs> it's the shortest one. Ma- oh, even shorter than Thumbelina? Shorter than Thumbelina. Wow. Well, you'll add in some super long clips. I'll put in really long <laughs> clips. I'll put in one right here. Gnorga and Lord. Laughing stock. No authority. Bad trolls turning good at record pace. Have you seen this? Seen what, sugar shins? These blasted editorials. They say our power's slipping. We have no hold on our people. Oh, oh, don't they know bad press clears up my exquisite warts? Whoa, I wasn't that was expecting like that clip. 12 minutes long. It's like the whole movie. Put the whole movie <laughs> the in. The entire yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is only 76 minutes long. Did we mention there was a Ferngully trailer on yes. this? Yes. Yes, we did. That's a good throwback to our previous episode mm-hmm. on Ferngully. Yeah, go listen to that episode. You should listen to that, <laughs> which isn't a Don Bluth movie. Yeah, it's not. It's a non-Bluth. <laughs> anyway, well, I think that's about it. Um, where where can people find you? I'm at Dak Schaefer on IG, Twitter, and everything. And I'm going to start heading back. I have been absent from the internet for a while because of editing, because of just life, because of everything. Um but I'm going to get back. I'm going to be on there again and I'm going to yeah. start putting up my own art because I'm t- I'm it's driving me nuts that yeah. I haven't had the time. So how about you, Sarah? Oh, I'm all over the internet. <laughs> all my garbage uh, at Sarah Iyer on Instagram, but it's all cat pictures, you know, and uh, Sarah and Julie Iyer on Twitter. It's just some crap. And then, uh, you know, my other podcast, the Percast. Weirdly podcast, you know how it is. Um, and then this podcast, which you've listened to, <laughs> you know, we're, we're on, uh, the, you can email, we do read your emails, even though it might take a couple months, but, uh, we do read them. If you email us at the whole bluth at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram at nothing but the bluth. We're not on Twitter cause you know, we couldn't fit our username. Why and are we telling this story again? <laughs> and we're on Facebook at the whole name of the Twitter. podcast. We're not on Twitter because <laughs> let the whole Bluth was taken. Yeah. And then nothing but the Bluth is too Which, long for enough, characters. Stupid 15 character limit. Only enough. It was Twitter. an arrested development Twitter. That's yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to we've the whole stopped, Bluth we've on stopped, Twitter. <laughs> we've stopped bringing up arrested development know, too much. It's really sad. Wait, didn't we bring it up for one of the actors on this? No. Am I insane? Yes. No. Yeah. Nobody in this film Are was, you sure? on, was on an episode Are you sure of Tobias? Are you sure that David Cross wasn't somewhere? I'm sure, although that's surprising. You think he would be in one. Maybe he's, he's in Anastasia or something. I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. I, I can <laughs> I see him being in Anastasia, but he's probably not. But. No, no, but wait. but wait. There were a few voices that we missed, which were Neil Ross as generic pansy. <laughs> Will Ryan as boss guard. Will Ryan, who was in Land Before Time and some other film we talked about. And Pat Music as Snuffy. Nope, none of those. Snuffy the janitor. <laughs> no, I, I don't say Scruffy the Snuffy, <laughs> Snuffy the janitor. Do you, I, does that mean you need to put a Futurama clip in? I think it does. Uh, should, did we already use the wash bucket clip? I think. I don't know. <laughs> Can we just put it again? Yes. Miss Wong. No, Scruffy. I am Wash Bucket. I love you. Wash Bucket has always loved you. It's wrong, Wash Bucket. Oh, it would be sweet for a while, but in the back of our minds, we'd know that I'm a man and your janitorial equipment. In another city, we could be anyone we want. Go. Go now, before I beg you to stay. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Look, so. let's just do a feature on my podcast. <laughs> that also takes place in New York. Well, new New York, but... New New York. Okay. Anyway. We'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Um, what does he say? Believe in your heart. The world is green. Everything is... Love flowers. I don't know. The world is filled with flowers. I love to be alive. Oh, wait. 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 <laughs> this was one last thing that I forgot to bring up, which is interesting that the soundtrack for this movie apparently wasn't able to include the songs yeah. because the songs were merged to the sound effects. But the, the songs were written by Barry Mann, Cynthia Whale, Whale, Norman Gimbel, and Robert Folk. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like they mixed everything down and they're like, well, we can't get the music back because we, we just mixed it all together with the sound effects. Weird. We might have mentioned that earlier. I don't remember. But anyway, I don't, I don't remember either. All right, everybody. Good night. Stanley? Stanley? I close my eyes Stanley, Stanley. so my heart can plainly see. Right through the way things are clear to the way they ought to be. To some with it safe and sunlit and serene. Oh, and absolutely green. <laughs> Picture a perfect place where there is no doom and gloom. Birds singing happy songs and flowers bursting into bloom. But somewhere like nowhere else you've ever seen That's absolutely Central Park? Um, more like a troll in Central... Wait, that's the actual name of the movie. More, more like a troll in Central Fart. Oh, that's good. Uh, more like a, a doll in Central... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the world is shaming. That was hard to talk about. <laughs>